Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! Oh my God, we're live, and it's noon on Wednesday, December 22nd the day my social security check arrived. And uh, this is news <laughs> that you can use from YAA with your hosts, Zach and Ray. How are you today, handsome? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, Pops. You know, uh, the holiday time is a fun time of year. Um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, well, you know, other than the fact that there's a, uh, a small craft wind advisory here at the shore and my, uh, my apartment feels like it's about 12 degrees and it sounds like a freight train's going through it with the wind. Other than that, it's, it's lovely here. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Justice is with us. Jordan is here with us. Javid, Jimmy, uh, Neil's with us here this morning as well. Pop. So we got a good show. We've got an interesting show. The title and what we're going to focus a little bit here at the beginning is around electric vehicles. There were some new uh, regulations or some new um, uh, requirements that are being proposed by the EPA that we're going to touch on. We've also done in the past, uh, Justin on the YA team wrote that article about OEM investments into EVs. And we've got uh, the federal uh, fleet of cars is going to be entirely EVs in the future. So the title of today's live stream is like, why is the U.S. government dead set on us having EVs. I think it'll be an interesting conversation. And then Pops, you shared with me this morning, and I think we'll do a deeper dive into it tomorrow, but dealer profits went to levels that we'd never seen before in November. So we'll touch on that today. We, we have to. We also have quite a few things that we're going to talk about on the FNI side, and then a lot of really, you've got to be kidding me. I didn't even cue you up for the really, you've got to be kidding me, but there's a lot that we're going to cover today there. There's a lot to laugh about. There certainly is, I believe, and and the fact that uh, that the uh, the high wind advisories are deep inside my condo. Okay, so if if you suddenly see pillows and stuff blowing past my head, it it's only because the gusts got out of control. So let's kick things off, Dad, with um, with the EPA. Okay, let's let's start our conversation there. I'll, I'll share my screen just so we can all take a peek at the article, and then. I'll, uh, I'll kick it over to you. But the headline from Automotive News, this was from the other day, EPA finalizes tougher new vehicle emissions requirements. The new rule finalized Monday is tougher than the EPA's August proposal or earlier requirements issued by the Obama administration. If I come down here, where was the big meaty piece of this? Uh, if expressed in miles per gallon requirements, the EPA rules would result in a fleet-wide average of about 40 miles per gallon in 2026 versus the 38 miles per gallon, which was in the August proposal and 32 miles per gallon under the prior administration. And it was down here a little bit further, Pops. I think they were talking about how uh, eventually we need to get to upwards of 50 miles per gallon um, in our vehicles. It also ties in, obviously, with the big push towards um, getting rid of miles per gallon as something we're even thinking about. Now we're going to be thinking about charging and wattage and things like that. Yeah, obviously, um, if if you move towards more electric vehicles, then the EPA guidelines for fleet average miles per gallon changes dramatically because um, nobody says it's... Uh, you know, there, there is no EPA guideline that says it has to be 500 mile range between charges for electric vehicles. So if the concept is is to improve gas mileage in in internal combustion engine vehicles, 
um, so that uh, these vehicles create less pollution, um, then obviously the, the best way to get there is to develop alternate sources of being able to propel cars whether it be plug-in hybrids, uh, whether it be plug-in uh, electric vehicles um, or battery electric vehicles. So obviously the push is, it so far seems to be towards electric vehicles. Uh, I believe Toyota spent quite a bit of money at one point in trying to develop uh, hydrogen vehicles. What's mm-hmm. that, the Marseille or whatever they, however they mm-hmm. pronounce it. Um, so all the manufacturers are going to have to become more creative and more inventive um, and innovative in, in how they can eke less pollution and more efficiency out of uh, internal combustion engines, um, while also investing hundreds of billions of dollars into the emerging EV marketplace. Yeah, yeah, and we've we've documented how much money is going to be spent to push towards uh, electric vehicles. But it, it says in this article, Dan, and I think it's worth discussing a little bit here. It says President Biden wants fifty percent of all new vehicles sold in twenty thirty to be electric vehicles or plug in hybrid models, and that's in conjunction with when was it? It was by like twenty. Was it twenty thirty or sometime in the twenty thirties? The uh, U.S. government fleet will be entirely electric. I think vehicles. by twenty thirty five. 2035. Yes, there is. And then there were the EV tax credits, which I think eventually, you know, will make it back. Like there will eventually be some form of EV tax credits out there. There's this super obvious push to go towards EV. And now I, I, I we titled today's stream, like, why is the US government doing this? It's also the manufacturers. I think there's the realization that you can probably make more money selling electric vehicles than you could selling ICE vehicles because they're simpler to, to operate. But consumers are probably still going to buy the extended warranty contracts. They're probably still going to have service. Like, I think there's ways that you can make even more money in an EV world and people are starting to figure that out. I think that's why there's this push. Well, uh, some of the headlines that I saw on uh, on uh, an email from Automotive News today was that there will be uh, more EV-centric um, F&I product offerings coming in the future. And then I know you've been in touch with uh, some vehicle service contract uh, administrators talking to them about uh, the products and for vehicle uh, service contracts that will be available for for EVs. So yes, there's there's many many ways for the manufacturers to make money. Um, you know, but it's going to cost them a lot. I mean, we figured out it was close to 400 billion dollars that that OEMs have earmarked um, as investments into EVs. Um, that's a lot of money. Um, and, and so, um, there, there has to be a tremendous amount of innovation tied in with that in order for them to be able to make back those investments and turn it into a real profit center. There's also, I think, another uh, interest group that's pushing for EVs, and it's a pretty obvious one. I see some of this coming up in the chat. Javid saying we need infrastructure. GMAC saying the infrastructure. You know who's who else? What other interest group is pushing for more electric vehicles? Take a guess. Who do you think it is? It was the UAW. United Auto Workers are pushing well, for it. Okay, that is another one. I'm thinking of um, the, the power industry, the electricity industry. Like... All of your local um, electricity distributors and, and the uh, uh, facilities where they produce electricity, 
they're all gung-ho about electric vehicles because it means more and more power is going to be needed. Absolutely. And it means more and more uh, profits for them. Um, and, you know, the, the, um, the, I, I would imagine the oil industry is, is probably not quite as, uh, as thrilled about it. No. Um, but, but yeah, the, uh, uh, the electric, uh, electric producing companies out there are, you know, they're thinking about this as well. Yeah, we, we have to upgrade what we can do. The government's going to have to invest in helping to make that happen. Um, they're going to share our expense in making that happen. We have to improve the electric grid. Um, but these are all things when you think about it, ultimately needed to be done anyway. Um, you know, our so much of our infrastructure in this country is in disrepair um, that at, at some point, um, you know, it's like it's like a house. When you buy a house, you have to maintain it. You have to do maintenance. Things need to be redone. Roofs need to be redone. Um, there's just things that that are going to need maintenance and repair. And our infrastructure within the, the country needs to be maintained and repaired and upgraded. Um, and, and this is a good excuse, as good as an, as an excuse as any, to finally invest the dollars that it's going to take to do that. Because, uh, you know, we, we can't continue down the path where bridges are, are uh, in disrepair and dangerous to travel over and things of that nature. Yeah. I don't want to get too much into, uh, I want to stay in our lane, the automotive lane, which, well, you know, but bridges are pretty important in the automotive lane. You know, when those sons of guns collapse, that creates a real headache. I, I hear you. I absolutely hear you. Justice with an interesting comment here. And we're going to work on actually a calculator back on the YAA website, join YAA.com 46 miles per gallon. With at three dollars and thirty three cents a gallon uh, for your gas is a dollar and nine cents per per mile. An electric vehicle with a sixty kilowatt battery with a two hundred fifty nine mile range is less than a tenth of a cent, or excuse me, a tenth of a dollar, ten cents um, per mile. So it's interesting. You know, it's interesting that we can look at this and we can try and figure out what's going to be cheaper, what's going to be more cost effective uh, for consumers as well. It, it's a neat way to think about this. But regardless of how you look at it. We're going EV. Like that has become abundantly clear over the last few months here. And and here's the other thing you have to remember that that the innovation that's going to be required within the automobile industry is going to ultimately force the the cost of vehicles to continue to go up. Now, what has to happen in order point. to make this work is for everybody to figure out how how much savings there truly is if 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 somebody said to you it's going to cost you a thousand dollars more for the vehicle today, but ultimately it will save you uh, two or three or four thousand dollars in fuel costs over a five-year period of time or a ten-year period of time, would you invest that thousand to save five thousand? And and that's the way the whole process is going to have to be framed. Um, you know, you're, we're going to ask you to invest more today so that ultimately you'll spend less over the next four or five years. And But up front, it's going to cost everybody more. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. Let's switch gears, Pops. Let's, um, let's talk briefly here about NHTSA and Tesla. This was an interesting article that was on the front page of Automotive News. NHTSA, the National Highway Transportation 
Safety Administration. I think that's it's, it's a administration. I think. Yes, yes, yes. You are correct. The uh, the headline reads Tesla in vehicle gaming feature under investigation. The probe covers about 600,000 Teslas. Pops, I don't know if you were aware of this, but in a Tesla vehicle, the, um, let me make sure I get this right, the Model 3 S, X, and Y, Justice in the chat with your Model 3 if you want to comment on this, you could actually play in the car on the big screen that they have, Solitaire, a jet fighter game, and a conquest strategy game. You could actually yeah, but- play those games while the car's running. But allegedly, allegedly, you have to claim to be the passenger in order to play the games. Um, but it doesn't it. There's no reason why the driver couldn't say, yeah, I'm the passenger. I mean, what the hell? We got autopilot here. Um, it, this should be under really. You got to be kidding me. Um, it doesn't <laughs> take it doesn't take a genius or maybe it does, apparently. It doesn't yeah, I think take the rest of the show is going to be really, you got to be yeah. kidding me for all the yeah. stuff we have. Yeah, uh, but, but maybe it really does take a genius or someone with common sense. And the problem with common sense today is it's just not all that common um, to realize that you can't have, like, I don't know, an Xbox plugged into your dashboard so that you can be playing games or watching TV while you're driving a vehicle, while it's moving. Um, I, it just, it, it's beyond me that, that, that nobody said, this is not a good idea. There will be people who will abuse the situation. It's like texting and driving. People know better, but they do it. So why tempt them with games that can be played on that giant ass monitor, um, next to the dashboard um while the car is moving i mean what what's the point of that why can't we wait till the car is parked till you're in your home till you're in your office um because you can't tell me by playing these games you're being more productive on your drive to work So, Dad, it's not just uh, Tesla. It was actually Mercedes on November 29th. They recalled 227 of their 2021 S580s, 2022 EQS450s, EQS580s, and the S500. Quote, because the vehicle infotainment systems might allow activation of the television and internet display while driving, comma, causing a distraction for the driver. And it's interesting, NHTSA actually began their investigation into Tesla's passenger play functionality after an Oregon Tesla Model 3 driver wrote in a complaint that said, quote, this, might, this creates a dangerous distraction for the driver and is no, recklessly negligent. No kidding. I mean, I mean, how, how, how could executives at Tesla, how could people within the government, how could... How could anybody not see that allowing this to happen in a moving vehicle could couldn't cause a distraction? I mean, who in their right mind thinks to themselves, yeah, no, this is really this is a great idea. You know, no need to actually, I don't know, keep your eyes on the damn road. You know, <laughs> we, we got to make sure that fighter jet makes it to wherever the heck it's going. I mean, it's just the, the, the level of of silliness and stupidity that we see in in so many organizations is just beyond belief that it actually takes 
the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration to say, eh, maybe this isn't a good idea. Really? Why didn't somebody else say this really might not be a good idea? Anyone. I like this, I like this comment from uh, JNL. W, so it's illegal to use your phone while driving, but if it's a Tesla, you can play games on the entertainment <laughs> screen. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating, fascinating. Obviously, you shouldn't be doing that. Found it interesting that uh, NHTSA is now uh, investigating that. And really what's fascinating is that, again, it came from a consumer advocating. Can I, can, I, can I raise my hand and say something? They don't have to investigate it. They just have to, they have to outlaw it. They have to say, you can't have it. It doesn't, it doesn't take spending millions of dollars to investigate to realize that it's wrong, that it can cause real problems. Save the money. You know, I queued up the sound effect yesterday for uh, Jared Kalfas, who is the, uh, now the president of Black Book. He was the vice president, got his promotion. But Pops, you deserve it here as well. Well, thank you. But I, I'm sorry. The level of stupidity is just unbelievable that you that you think, OK, well, now we have to have an investigation to see <laughs> if you, you know, video in, games while you're driving is a distraction. Yeah. You know, in your heart of hearts, it's absolutely 100 percent wrong. Yeah. There's no investigation yeah. needed. Talking Turn about it off. talking about things that are wrong, Pops. Let me let me play the sound bit and then let's jump into it. OK. Really? You, you gotta, gotta be, be kidding, kidding me. All right. I know, I know, I know manufacturing a car must be pretty challenging. It is. I've never done it. I bet yes. you it's kind of hard. Yes. This comes from our friends over at Jalopnik posted yesterday. Look at this hilariously crooked Jeep Wagoneer <laughs> badge. Wait for it. Wait for it. There it is. There it is. Zoom right. There it is. Yeah. 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 Now. I don't want to suggest to you that whoever placed those <laughs> letters, at least at least they got the spelling correct, but whoever did it, whoever affixed those letters might have been drinking the night before or perhaps smoked a little doobie before he got a, he or she got into their job that day. Um, but there isn't anybody in their right mind that could look at that and go, oh, yeah, that that's perfect. I mean, you just like... How? How does that happen, Dad? I mean, like, don't they use like tools and they like measure things? Uh, allegedly, what not? Allegedly, I mean, I like on the uh, on the Jalopnik article. They went down a little lower on the page, pops, and they actually like this is some this is like some some uh, some high level analysis right here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whoopsies. Yeah, really, like where things went off the wagon, for lack of a better term, um, are the O. The O here just really took them off base. Well, I don't know. It started with the A. Started <laughs> started an upward movement with the A. So they actually reached out to someone who was at PR at Jeep. They got a response. The quote from uh, Jeep's PR was, early during the launch of the Wagoneer, Warren Truck did experience some issues with badge alignment. Those issues were corrected at the plant before any vehicles were shipped to customers, including the one pictured in the internal photo. As a permanent solution, hand-applied locating fixtures as well as machine vision systems were installed to verify badge alignment. The plant has a robust vehicle audit process that ensures every vehicle leaving the plant reflects the premium quality of the brand. It's worth mentioning here. I think the Grand Wagoneer, let's actually check it out, Pops. I'm fairly certain. Doesn't the Grand Wagoneer start at like $100,000? Well, I, I, I know they can top $100,000. 
Um, I, I can I can tell you a story when I first broke into the business in 1977. When yeah, I was when I was working at Ayanaco Motors, which was a Dodge dealer and a Subaru dealer, and we yeah. had um, a a Dodge vehicle come in, a Dodge truck, and on one side it said it was a Dodge, and on the other side it said it was a Chrysler. So you know. I, I don't I, I don't remember exactly how we sold it, but they had two different badgings on the vehicle. Um, but but this was at a time when in 1977, when when Chrysler and Dodge were notorious for for their quality control issues. And the good news was when we sold a vehicle, we were pretty much assured that we would be in constant contact with our customer because we would see them weekly for the new recall that came out. So, um, yeah, crazy stuff. It really, really is. I do want to just take a moment here. So I searched for a Wagoneer back on joinyaa.com. And yes, they are quite expensive, but I just, you know, we got to be fair here. Looks like that says Grand Wagoneer pretty straight. Yes. Right there. That was pretty good. That yeah, cool. that that you know when 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 they're affixed right, they look really good. These are expensive, man. The total price, out the door price, is going to be around a hundred thousand dollars. A VSC on one of these things actually not too expensive, twenty seven yeah. sixty five. The supply situation here, they're they're sitting a little bit in our area, which is interesting to see. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, that's because people just aren't ready to spend a hundred thousand dollars for a Jeep Grand Wagoneer. Okay, so the next thing I want to show you, Dad, in our uh, really, you've got to be kidding me, which is what this Wednesday is turning into. Yes. Phil, thank you, Phil, for posting this back on the YAA community forum. Join yaa.com slash community. Pops, I got to play. I know you're not on TikTok. I'm on TikTok. I need you to watch this, okay? Uh, you are correct. I am not on TikTok. Ready? Yeah, sure. What to expect when spending 30K on a car from Carvana? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah jeez so not only will it suddenly have a, a an accident reported on carfax but you're probably never getting the title Okay, and and my favorite part about this is the comments back in the community forum space. Mario hit hit it out of the park. He said, "Carvana is having a bad streak." LOL. Yes, I think this is like the cherry on top for the issues yeah. that they're currently facing. <laughs> oh my god, isn't that nuts? That that is that is sad. They have issues, you know. But but as as that television reporter in in the Texas said, you know they're. They're relatively new uh, to the retail side of things. Just in your nine experience, years. in your experience, yeah. Pops, I mean, you've had probably over your career a hundred thousand cars delivered to you before and taken off of trucks. I mean, issues can happen, right? Like you've seen and had issues happen with cars that deliver. I, I, I've seen uh, vehicles that were delivered on a snowy day, um, and uh, one kind of slid off the, uh, the the truck. I mean, it just you know, it was a little icy and uh, it slid and it fell and it was uh, severely damaged. But, other, you know, wow. stuff happens. I mean, stuff happens. The hydraulics fail. And and one of the cars that's in the lower section, uh, if the hydraulics failed on one of the ones in the upper section, you know, sometimes they'd get to the dealership and, well, 
that upper car was most really sitting on the roof of the lower car. I mean, wow. it, it happens. I mean, stuff happens. And, you know, do those things, do those things get reported? Like, where do those things get reported? Where do you see that on a car fax? Like, what, where does that go? Uh, well, <laughs> they get reported to the, to the uh, transportation company and uh, a claim gets filed and they pay for it. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the dealership, um, whatever, whatever body shop they're sending it to, to do the repairs um, is filing uh, information with Carfax. Gotcha. But, you know, if it's over, I think it's the, the threshold is if a repair is over 3% of the MSRP or 5%, I forget exactly which one it is then it has to be disclosed to the buyer. If it's if it's below that threshold, a repair does not have to be disclosed. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the threshold. I'm just briefly I'm, on on my end. I'm just like looking up really quickly. Vroom stock is down another three percent today. Carvana stock back up. So it's fascinating. Just it's always fun to kind of click around and see what's going on with those companies because we're so intimately. I mean, every day we're looking at the news associated with these guys. So it's fascinating to see what's happening on a day to day basis with them. Yeah, well, the news is typically uh, not particularly good for either one of them. Well, I mean, like they keep growing. It's just, it's, it's like you get videos like that of cars falling off of, off well, of. Well, also, well, that speaks a little bit too, Dad. We know that there are shortages for for qualified uh, uh, staff and employees in a variety of uh, professions within automotive. Not not just selling cars. Actually, like yeah. at a minimum, selling cars like technicians. We know that there's a shortage of technicians. There's probably a shortage of drivers and transport. There are like that poor person the man or woman i forget who was like offloading that that it looked like a hyundai tiburon i don't know uh, whatever, whatever it was, was yeah like they probably just weren't trained really well and they're probably new on the job like that's an unfortunate reality of what's going on right now uh yes and they forgot to make sure that the that the parking brake was set in the vehicle before they they lowered the uh, the ramp you know they're you know yes companies are growing I, I get it. I'm growing, but that doesn't always mean it's good. Growth is not always good. <laughs> for sure, Bob's for sure. Okay, well, why don't we call it a day? Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Because... Well, can we do one thing? Can can we just briefly touch on those F and I numbers that I? Oh my you? gosh! Yes, absolutely. Thank you Please. so much for. Let me pull them up really quick. Can you? Because it's uh... not just F and I numbers. No, and and actually, how about this? We'll, we'll pull it up. This will be tomorrow what we do a deep dive on. Um, but let's just give people some awareness because, yeah, you're right. This is this is pretty insane. One second. It's loading. View entire message. Okay. Yeah, you sent me this, what, like half an hour ago, 45 minutes ago? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, you know what, Pops? I posted it on the community forum, too. We've got okay, it. Okay, cool. Anyway, it's right here. Okay. So, so you want to break down what the heck we're, we're looking at? Well, what we're looking at is is the profit per vehicle. And that's what PVR you know, for, stands for. For years, um, new car front-end profit, the profit between uh, dealer cost and, and what they sold for, has always been next to nothing. Um, so in 2019, the average new car when it was sold – was sold at $275 above the dealer's cost, okay? Um, and that was typical for a long, long time. I mean, dealerships typically made $100, $200, you know, $300 on the front-end gross profit of a new car sale. November 2020, that 
that number more than doubled. It was up to six hundred and seventy nine dollars, which is which was a huge uptick. One year later, it's almost five times what it was in 2020. It's up to almost twenty nine hundred dollars front end gross profit. Okay, that's just on the sale of the vehicle. That doesn't include any finance and insurance monies that could be made on top of that. So in an average dealership today, the F&I profit per vehicle retailed is almost $2,000, which means that the total average new car profit including F&I, is nearly $5,000. That's insane. Um, I remember when between front end and back end, if we could make $1,000, we were doing great. You know, if you could get $1,500 to $2,000, that would, that would make the, might make the new car department actually profitable. At $5,000, they're raking in money like they never have before. Now, obviously, the issue is that they might be selling a third of the number of cars that they were selling before because of inventory shortages. Um, but if if you were selling 30 cars before and you were averaging $1,000, that was $30,000 in gross. If you're, if you're selling 10 cars now, but you're averaging $5,000 per car, you suddenly, your gross profit has gone from $30,000 to $50,000. So they have figured out how to make more money on fewer sales. And dealerships have cut their expenses so that the, the, the net profit is higher for dealerships today than it has been probably in the history of automotive retail. It, it, those numbers are just staggering. Yeah. So like I said, let's dive into that deep tomorrow, sure. because if you think that that's not going to stay the same way that it is, um, it will. And so let's break down kind of what's happening and in, in, in the direction we think it's going. But tune in tomorrow at noon. We'll be yes. on tomorrow. Then pops uh, Christmas Eve on, I guess that's Friday. I do want to yes. do a show. I'm, I'm game to do a show if you're up to do a show. Um, uh, well, you know, I, I got nowhere to be. I got nowhere to be. All right. So um, we'll do a show on Christmas Eve, Christmas day. I don't know. I guess if you want to take Christmas day off, we can take Christmas day or we could do a stream on Christmas. What do you want? Let us know in the chat. Let us know in the form. Email. Well, Chris, Christmas. I mean, Christmas is Saturday. Yeah. Why anybody might want to watch us Saturday night. I don't know, but if they've had enough of opening presents and spending time with their family and let's they need a, a Christmas break, special. Yeah. Let's do a yeah. Christmas special. That'd so, be yeah. You know, maybe maybe they'd want to spend an hour or so with this Saturday night. I think that'd be fun. My again, girlfriend gone with her family, so I got nothing, literally nothing to do. So I think we should do uh, a. Uh, you know, I really appreciate how you lean on me when your girlfriend's gone, and then suddenly I I become uh, important in your life again. And come on, let's let's do a show, Dad. <laughs> yeah, let's do a two-hour show on Saturday. No, Let's there's football the game. Show. There's a football game Saturday night. The Cardinals are playing. Yeah, you can do oh, they the play at night. They play at night. Yeah, eight fifteen, buddy. Okay, yeah, we'll go. For Not now. that they're going to win, but but you know, yeah. Oh, Neil says Christmas special. Pick a non-car topic to talk about. Yeah, you know what? Let's do that. Actually, 
Let's okay. take this back with no bleach. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we some of the original uh, content on the Ray and Zach channel um, are like us just chit-chatting about life and things like that. So maybe we'll do like a combo of car talk and some life stuff. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Saturday night we'll be on. Tomorrow we'll be here. Friday we'll be here. I'm glad we're not skipping a beat, Dad. I love doing this with you. Me too. You know, holidays or, or not, we're here. We're here for you or something. I love it, Dad. Yeah, I love it. All right, Pops, I will talk to you later on today. Enjoy the day. Don't get too cold. And uh, yeah, talk to you later. I think I'm going to go make some lunch. Start at six instead of seven. I like that. I'm game okay. for that. We, we could do that. Yeah, that way, that way we could be on for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Love you, Pops. I love you, too. I'll talk to you, uh, what, three o'clock? Uh, yeah, we got a meeting then. I'll see you then. You got it. Bye. Bye. Join us again next time, which is probably tomorrow, to get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.